Welcome back to another episode of From the Stands Podcast. I am joined by Dumb, Dumb, and Dumber. We're going to get right into it today. We've got a new segment to start off the pod with this week, which I think you guys will really enjoy. Lance, give it to me. What is it? Give it to me. What? I knew that was coming. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, yep. Lance, give it to me. Lance, give it to me. We... Our, our new segment is going to be the mega moments of the week. Each one of us is going to find either a performance in a game, a moment, a play, a team performance, whatever that may be, whatever your, whatever your respective best moment of the week is, your mega moment, the thing that stood out to you the most. We're going to go, I will start. In the last seven days, my mega moment is the Texas Rangers winning their first World Series. And for me, it had to be. Huge baseball fan. I love the underdog stories. I love that Bruce Bochy came back this year to manage a team again. He takes a team that had lost 100 games two seasons ago, bottom of that division, turns it around. You got to see some postseason stardom out of Adolis Garcia. Corey Seager continued his dominant run in the postseason. Big game, Nate. Showed up all around. It was just a complete team effort. It was fantastic to see. Um, and it's just always, for me, awesome to see a team who has never won a chip in their respective sport get there first. So it was a big day for the Rangers, a big day for Rangers fans, and a big day for the big state of Texas. My mega moment of the week is going to be C.J. Stroud throwing for 470 yards and five TDs against the Bucks. Four of which came in the second half. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. Um, people are already, already debating if he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He's making a case for it. He already has more career touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. It's <laughs> true. He does. It's true. In and eight I, career games, he's got, what was it, 14 TDs? 14 TDs, and Kenny Pickett has 13 in, in 21, 21 games. That's, That's my mega moment of the week. I mean, a rookie quarterback balling out against a pretty solid Tampa Bay defense. And um, to hand the Bucks their four straight loss. Did you see the running back who kicked the field goal in that game, too? First, no, first non-kicker the, opponent to make a the, kick since the, 2004. The Texans kicker got hurt, and they didn't have another kicker. So Dare Ogunbowale is one of their <laughs> running backs. He has been in the NFL for seven years, and he's played mostly running back. Warmed up a little bit before the game, <laughs> and I think it was in the fourth quarter they finally decided, they were like, you know what, let's go give him a kick, and he drilled like a 30-yard field goal to take the lead against the Bucks. That's fucking awesome. That's my mini-mega moment of the week behind C.J. Stroud. Jack, give it to me what we got. It's got to be it. My Minnesota Vikings, we were in, the, we were in turmoil <laughs> a week ago in absolute duress. We didn't have a quarterback. We started against the Falcons, had had no hope. Jaron Hall, the seventh-round rookie, came in. He gets hurt, too. So who do we turn to? My goat, Josh Dobbs. Fuck you, Jack. Came in, unwavered, didn't know a single play in the playbook, had never taken a snap from Garrett Bradbury, had been in Minnesota for three days, traveled with the team, came down and led it in a way victory against a solid Falcons team, keeping our playoff hopes alive and giving Minnesota fans all over the world a little bit more hope that we can continue this win streak and potentially make the playoffs. So I will take the underrated, undisputed GOAT, Josh Dobbs, to have my mega moment of the week. Fuck you, Jack. Man, I wish I didn't have to go last. That was CJ Stroud, and I was like, okay, well, he's picking CJ. I'm going to take Dobbs. And I was like, well, I got a Vikings fan. So what the hell? But I'm going to give the guy his flowers. Will Levis. Everybody, the question going into the Steelers game was, is this, was it a fluke against the Falcons? Because everybody knows the Falcons are like the choke, choke, choke artists of the league. He came, he came into Pittsburgh, and he went toe-to-toe with one of the best quarterbacks in the game, <laughs> that elite offense. And he, he tore up our defense, which is, I mean, he didn't tear him up. He, went, he went, did pretty well against our defense. I think he's got a hell of a story, falling in the draft. His girlfriend, Gia Duddy, dumping him for Morgan Wallen. And then he comes out. And balls. So my mega moment of the week is Mayo Boy proving all the doubters wrong. <laughs> Mayo Boy. She's with Morgan Wallen now. She's yeah. not with him. She well, got but, banged by him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, that was fantastic. I think that was a great first week of the mega moments, and we're going to continue those. All right, we're still looking for a new name 
for this segment. But if you're going mega moments, you got to go the worst moments of the week. We're going to find a better name for this segment, but for now, we're going to call it our mid-moments of the week, and I will start off. I'm going to piggyback off of what Jack said, and I'm going to go to the other side. My Atlanta Falcons, you fucking suck. I don't know. B. John Robinson, you draft him, highest drafted running back since Saquon, um, highest touted prospect since Saquon. The kid is a stud when you put the ball in his hands. He gets 11 carries. Arthur Smith, what the fuck are we doing? Taylor Heineke plays a decent game. One turnover that really led to the loss for us. What the fuck are you doing? The defense giving up 31 to Josh Dobbs. What the fuck are you doing? I mean, we can we can go on and on and on. My mid-moment of the week is just a complete lack of game plan around your best playmakers. Jonu Smith was our top receiver of the game. You've got Kyle Pitts. You've got the unicorn. You draft him at four. You're not using him. What are you doing? Like you spend all this, you spend all this draft capital on offensive players to go. You know what? We have Bijan, but in the red zone, Algier, you get the ball. We got Pitts, but we need to drive down the field. Pitts are going to block. John, who's getting the call? I don't fucking understand. Um, Arthur Smith has got to go. The Falcons blowing it against Josh Dobbs, who didn't even know the playbook is my mid-ass moment of the week. My mid-moment of the week is going to go to... It's going to go to Deion Sanders this week. After great start to the season, but we have seen that it is becoming a little... He's got a bit of a talent gap, and he finally started to make some adjustments, but they were the wrong ones. He has the worst defense in all of football. Literally the last ranked defense. 130 out of 130. And he goes, I think we need to make some changes on the offensive side of the ball. When Shador has been good all season, Travis Hunter has been good on the offensive side of the ball all season. So you switch your offensive coordinator. And the first time your defense actually plays somewhat well and only gives up 26 to Oregon State, you only score 19. You only have 238 yards of total offense, and you only scored you only scored five points in the first three quarters, two of them on a blocked extra point attempt. You just somehow managed to get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but I, you want to be a Power 5 head coach. You want to be more than just a clout or a money-making, a money-making coaching scheme. You got to make better adjustments than that, and we got to. We got to game plan a little bit better, like he was saying earlier. I mean, it's just the wrong move, and that is my mid moment of the week. Jack, what do we got? I have a couple actually. I'm not going to use a couple, but I'll, I'll quickly. The Seahawks, yeah. real bad. Just five and two Seahawks got absolutely trounced by the Ravens. Um, and then I have the Suns somehow blowing uh, a three-point lead with five seconds left on two different field goals, not just a three, on two two-point attempts from the Spurs last week. And I think they were up by double digits for most of that game. They were they were up by 20 at one point, I think. My mid-moment of the week, however, we're going a little bit under the radar here. The Miami Terra or the Mar- oh God, the Maryland Terrapins started the season five and zero. They had lost three in a row coming into this week. They had Penn State roll into town, and they had a chance to prove some doubters wrong, potentially make a bowl game, jump back into the rankings. And what did they do? They rushed for negative 50 yards against Penn State at home. (laughs) Damn, I didn't see that. They had negative 50 yards, gave up 214 yards and four touchdowns to Drew Allers, gave up 160 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and lost by 40 points. Yeah, they did. That is a mid-moment if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anybody rush for less yards, and if they have, I'd love to see it. But, Maryland, you own this week's mid-moment for me. Right, well, mine, I'm going to go with a team that I personally thought was a contender the beginning of the season. They trounced they, – they scored 70 points. But if you look at their season – they were 0-3 against teams above 500. Now they, 0-4, I think. No, this no, week was Oh, this week was the third? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They beat up on all the little guys, and then when it comes to the big moments, they just shrivel up in fear. So Tua and the Miami Dolphins are officially out of Super Bowl contention in, I think, the minds of most NFL fans now. They can't beat the Chiefs. They can't even beat the Bills or the Eagles. So they have no shot of making the Super Bowl now. Tua's MVP odds are pretty much over. Tyreek... 
who many people thought was uncoverable, showed that he might not be as good as everybody thinks. AB's still better. And Miami Dolphins are this week's mid-moment of Joe's week. I love it. All right, that was a fantastic segment, guys. Uh, I really liked the way that went today, and we are going to continue this. Let us know your mega moment and your mid-moment of the week down below. All right, we're going to continue. We're going to go straight into Pick'em. It was an interesting week. A lot of sweeps. Not a lot yeah. of moves being made though. Uh, and it's well, yeah, we went. I went up, or you went up one. Then I went up one. And that was pretty much the. That was pretty much it. Move. That was the only <laughs> movement. Uh, unfortunately, I got my Rangers pick right, and then the Dolphins bent me over and said, "No, sir, not today." Uh, that offense was abysmal against a good, not a fantastic Chiefs defense, in my opinion. But nonetheless, Lance had a solid week. Jack had a solid week. Me and Joe still had solid weeks. We just didn't pick up any ground. The updated standings are as follows. I am still in first place with 27. Worst of first. I mean, it's a Cinderella story. Jack is in second place. He has 25 points. The newcomer to the pod is balling. Zach and Joe are tied at the bottom with 22. You know, just a few... Just a few games that have just not fallen my way this season have really, like for really me, hindered me. For me, the first time in three seasons that islands have worked for me this year. Yeah, I mean, see, I mean, I've had, Island. A, I've had a few good islands, I feel like, that have just not fallen my way. So I'm a little behind. But I should have taken that Alabama island last week. I was really dude, thinking about it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I was you hoping you it, did. If you would have said it, I would have taken it because it was... Well, you go before me. That is true. I was feeling it, but I didn't want to be the only one. I really didn't – I just didn't want Lance to be mad that I was like, Bama's going to win. In hindsight, he would have loved for somebody to take it because the, uh, the curse of the sweep continues. The pick gods do not like the sweep. They do not like no. the sweep. But we're going to get into this week's games. We're going to try something different. We didn't pick maybe the most mainstream matchups. Like, we didn't take Michigan-Penn State this week because we want a little bit more variety in our picks. We know that you guys will enjoy it a little bit more. So, we're doing a little bit different. We're taking a – few games that are going to be a little bit harder to pick should be a little bit more variety should be don't hold me to that and uh we're going to see where we go lance give me game number one number one we're going to start in the nfl we got a good divisional matchup this weekend we got the ravens and the browns okay where's it at i believe it is in baltimore in baltimore yeah in baltimore one o'clock okay i like what i've seen from Baltimore so far, I was not expecting it. As a as a Bengals fan, in quotes. Why is there a quotes around that? Because I'm not a true Bengals fan. I only <laughs> like them because there's because they have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. He just roots for his daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like what I've seen from him. Lamar is doing what he needs to do when he needs to do it. But when when you know the defense is playing well, they're running the ball well. He's not trying to do too much this year, and it's finally working out for him. I think Deshaun will play. He he'll probably play on Sunday. He last week yeah, he played against the Cardinals. Okay, threw for two twelve and two touchdowns. Um, uh, I just don't know if they can. Like, I think the Ravens are going to score some points. Um, and I just don't know if the Browns can catch up. Two really good defenses going up against it. Have they played so far this season, or is this their yeah, first? The match? Browns didn't the Browns beat them? Yeah, the Browns. Well, the Ra- no, they the played Ravens each other won. earlier. It was twenty-eight to three. Ravens. Ravens won. Deshaun didn't play in that game. That was the Thompson-Robinson guy who threw three picks. Dorian Finney-Thompson. Dorian, Dorian Finney? Thompson. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Thompson yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> I'm going to – I don't trust Deshaun and the Browns. I'm going to pick the Ravens to keep it rolling, and I I think they're going to beat the Browns. Jack, what do we got? No reason to make this any longer than it has to be. I think the Ravens are a really good team, and I think Lamar actually has legitimate MVP chances this year, I think. Um, that despite Cleveland's defense, I think uh, Baltimore's defense is pretty solid as well. We saw that last week against the Seahawks, and we saw their offense is extremely explosive. So I will also take the Ravens at home to get the season sweep on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll keep it sweet then. Baltimore is looking like they got a top five defense this year. Lamar, I don't know if he's playing up to the contract, but he's still playing well. Um, and I just don't trust Deshaun 
and the Browns, just not enough playmakers on that offense. Give me the Ravens at home for the season sweep. Man, I really want to pick an eye on here. Do it. The Ravens have won four in a row. So they're bound to it's lose. They're bound to lose at some point. But that loss will be coming next week when they play the Bengals. So I'm taking the Ravens. They're going to beat the Browns, sweep the Browns, but they're going to lose to the Bengals on November 16th. First sure. sweep of the week. Maybe we'll get some di- – I told you guys don't hold me to it. We might get some diversity. All right, give me game number two. Game number two is a bit of an odd matchup. We don't really get this matchup very much. We got the Lions against the Chargers out west in SoFi. Um, the Chargers play after this episode is being recorded, so we don't know if they beat the Jets. But I think they'll beat the Jets – and I think the Lions will go out west and beat the Chargers. I've been a lot. I mean, my dad's a Lions fan, so I've been a Lions supporter all year. Um, and the Chargers have played well against some more mediocre teams, but you know, when you get to the meat and the bones of the schedule, um, they haven't really lived up to expectations. Brandon Staley's on the hot seat anytime they play a good team, so I'm taking Detroit on the road. Enough said, Jack. What do we got? You know, I need to gain some ground on Lance here, and I think this is going to be an opportunity to do it. I'm going to take the Chargers at home in this game. I think the last two times we've seen the Lions play, they struggled against the Raiders, and they got whooped by the Ravens. They do not have, over the last two weeks, have not looked like the most complete team in the NFL. And I actually think the Chargers have been playing pretty well. They kept it close with the Chiefs. They blew out the Bears, and they have the Jets tonight, so we'll see how that goes. But I think the Chargers are going to continue to roll a little bit. I think they're a super talented team. I actually think they're more talented than the Lions. I just think they haven't been able to put it together. I'm going to take the Chargers here at home. Love your pick, Jack. I am also going to take the Chargers in SoFi. I think Justin Herbert is getting going again. You know, he had some issues with the finger. He's got his star running back back. And Austin Eckler, great pass catching back out of the backfield, which I think is something that the Lions will struggle to defend um, anytime Eckler can get going, it's really hard to stop that Chargers offense. You've got Keenan Allen on the outside, and I think the defense is going to get back on track tonight. You've got too many playmakers to be as bad as they fucking are on defense. And I think Brandon Staley is going to get them boys fired up because if he doesn't get them fired up, he's going to get himself fired. So I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Chargers at SoFi. Hmm. Man, this is an interesting game right here. Because Goff and Herbert. Goff's going for a lot more yards. But I feel like the Chargers are going to want it more, man. They're already on the edge of a wasted season. They're 3-4 and four right now. And if they win, I, they probably win tonight. So let's say they're 4-4. Four and four. They're still right on the edge of a wasted season. And they're at home, even though that doesn't really mean much to them because no, they don't have any fans in L.A., I'm still going to ride with the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert's going to do enough to get it done. I think he's the better quarterback out of the two. So give me the Chargers. All looking for a point up on Lance this week. I love it. All right, Lance, this is matchup number three. Game number three is going to be our only college football game of the weekend. We got Tennessee at Missouri. I believe. Let's keep this one short and sweet because it shouldn't be. Uh... I, this should not be short. This is not going to be short and sweet in my head. I, I believe no it's in Columbia at 3.30. I liked, I really liked Joe Milton at the beginning of the year, and I like Josh Heupel, but they're, I mean, they're 7-2. and two. They're just kind of an, uh, Very mid 7-2 and two team. LSU's played Brady Cook in Missouri. I know how that offense runs, Luther Burton, Cody Schrager. I'm taking Missouri at home to take down the Volunteers. Mr. Jack. I'm going to take Missouri as well. I actually think that they proved a lot to me this past weekend against Georgia at home. They they hung with the dogs a lot better than I thought they would. I thought it would be a much bigger uh, point difference between the two of them. But um, ESPN says they think Tennessee's going to win, but I think I think Missouri's going to take this game now. I think Brady Cook looks poised, looks good. That running back actually surprised me too. I didn't know much about him, but he looked really good against Georgia, who has a good rush defense. So I'll take Missouri at home beat the volunteers all right i liked what i saw from uh, missouri this week against georgia brady cook looked pretty good um burden did get knocked out of the game i do believe i don't know if he's going to be healthy for this upcoming weekend and to be honest i think this might be a joe milton legacy game going into the georgia game next week um they need a big win coming into the georgia game at eight and two you know they're still 
not a ton of hope that there is some hope there. Um, and I think, you know, this would be a huge win for the program. And I think just all around, they, I think they're just going to be a little bit more well-rounded. And I think Mizzou might start having a typical Mizzou season and kind of spiraling down after this Georgia loss. Give me the volunteers on the upset on the road. Man, I don't know shit about college football, so this is a tough one. I thought it was in – it is in Missouri. Both 7-2. Missouri, Missouri home field advantage is not – Missouri's had – it seems like they've been through the gauntlet a lot more than Tennessee has. Because they played, I think, Kansas State. Yep, they got Kansas State, LSU, and Georgia. And they beat Kansas State. And Kentucky. State and Kentucky. There ain't no slouches. Kentucky. That was with uh, – what's his name, right? Or is that Duke? Yeah, Duke has the – Yeah, Duke has the good guy. You know what? This is a tough one. This is a real tough one. ESPN says 60% for, for Tennessee. Yep. Joe Milton. Cook. You know what? I'm not going to let Zach get ahead of me. I'm going to the Volunteers. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, game number four. Game number four, I know we're all excited for this. College basketball is back this week, and we have one good matchup. We got it on Friday. Top 15 matchup, baby. We've got Arizona against Duke. Now, I haven't had much, I haven't had any time to really look into the college football land, the college basketball, the college basketball landscape this year. Um, Duke is preseason number two. I know they got that Filipowski guy. Arizona is always tough. They've, they've been good for as long as I can remember. And I know which way you're going. I'm taking Arizona to upset Duke and Cameron. I knew where that was going. Friday. Are they at Duke? At mm-hmm. Duke. The Navy crazies, baby. All right, Jack, give me what, what you got. I'm not a big college basketball guy, but I know there's one thing that's true, and that's Duke is always good. Um, I'm going to take Duke in this one at home. I think they're – I know they just had one of the most historic classes ever yep. this past year. Sure did. Um, super talented team. A lot of five stars on that roster. It's I, I don't I can't speak on Arizona's recruiting class, um, but I think Duke is going to get this, take care of this, and uh, prove that they're one of the top teams in the country for the rest of the season. I'll take the Blue Devils to take down the Wildcats. The rain continues without Coach K. We wish he was still there, but they're still going to ball. I don't need to say much other than give me the Blue Devils at home. The Navy Crazies are going to show out. They're going to get a top 15 win to open up the season. Enough said. What you got, Joe? You know, I really feel like Arizona could catch them off guard week one of the season. It just seems like their first game. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, well, then never mind. Uh, Right now, Duke has a 79% chance to win, and that is too big of a – That doesn't count. They're playing Dartmouth before that. Yeah, it's a good tune-up game. They follow that up with Michigan State, though. It's too big of a uh, of an odd for me to like go for Arizona and put my put my nuts on the table for that. So I am going to go with the safe pick here. Give me the Coach Kalis Duke Blue Devils. You're going to keep your nuts in your pants. I like it. Just this where they time. need to be. Give me the last game of the week. Last game of the week. We're just going up one notch from college basketball to the NBA. We've got some in season tournament. Oh, we got sure. the Thunder Are we going up one notch. By technicality, I would rather watch college basketball, but Mm-mm. only during March Madness. That's I'd fair. Watch. Let, let's continue. The Thunder are playing the Kings. Ooh, very intriguing matchup. Wait, it's Friday. Yes, it is Friday. It yeah. is part of group play for the in season tournament. Um, and I know we picked the Thunder. I know we've picked the Thunder earlier. Thunder Cavs, yeah. Um. And we have not taken the Kings. But, you know, the Kings had a really good year last year. Light the beam. You know, it was a fun It was a fun team to watch and a fun team to keep track of and, you know, be a fan just so you can be a fan of the NBA. I, I said that I think they were going to regress pretty poorly this year. And I think it's going to continue. I like what I've seen from the Thunder so far this year. SGA is inserting himself as one of the top point guards in the league. Chet looks like he's going to be good. He just needs some more time to get his feet wet. Josh Giddy is good. I'm taking the Thunder to beat the Kings on the road in some group play. Um, well, the Kings are coming hot off a loss as of the recording of this 
a, a double-digit loss to the Rockets, which does not look good. For With the no Fox. However, yeah, that's true. Fox is averaging 31 points a game, and Sabonis is averaging 14 rebounds a game, barring through through five games of team play. Um, but I'm going to continue riding with with the Thunder until they until they prove me otherwise. I really like this Thunder team. They're young, energetic, fun, and they can score a lot of points. Um, I like what I've seen from Chet so far. Shea's obviously a monster. Josh Giddey can be a weapon at any moment. So I'm going to take the Thunder to upset or to uh, defeat the Kings at home. So I'm a big De'Aaron Fox fan. Um, I loved what he did last season. I like the just passion that he plays the game with. Um, he is averaging 31.3 this season on almost 49% shooting, which is great. Sabonis on the rebounds, like he said. Um, so they definitely got the center battle down there. I think uh, I think Sabonis is going to kind of bully Chet around a little bit in this game. Um, but as of the 5th, De'Aaron Fox was out. Today is the 7th, I believe. Sixth. It's the sixth. So he didn't um, play last night. I, that's tough. I don't know what he. I don't know what his current. Let's see what his current injury is. Current injury is an ankle. I do not like ankle injuries, especially for your star point guard. Um, SGA has been dealing with some injuries as well, but the Thunder are still putting up points, which is something that the Kings are struggling to do when De'Aaron Fox is not in the lineup. So give me the Thunder on the road to get it done in group play. Get the brooms ready. <laughs> We're looking at a sweep. I mean, the Kings have not won a game so far this season where they haven't scored 130 points or more. And I don't think they're going to be scoring 130 points against the Thunder. I also think the Thunder are a more complete team. TBH. I don't, I'm not a big fan of, uh, it's not, um, what's their point guard's name? De'Aaron. The De'Aaron. Kings. De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox. I'm not a big fan of Aaron Fox. He kind of disappeared in the Warrior series, and after that, he's not going to clutch up against the best point, one of the best point guards in the league, and one of the best young stars in the league, and Chet and Josh Giddey. We got ourselves a sweep. I'm on two islands this week. Interesting. I'm on the a number lot. one guy in the in the I'm number on a, one guy in the standings. I'm on a Lions island, and I'm on an Arizona island. The Arizona Island was kind of crazy out of you, honestly. Uh, well, I was just thinking, you know, it's pretty. It's the first big test for both teams, and I've got a little bit of wiggle room at the top of the standing. So why not just get a little, get a little All wild? Right, bro, bro just wanted to flex. <clears throat> bro just wanted to flex that he sucked for two seasons and he fucking found a way to be half decent this I'm year. I'm not leaving, as DiCaprio said. I'm not leaving. <laughs> well, you're gonna end up. Like DiCaprio did later in that movie, getting dragged out of the office come next season. So enjoy it while you can there, pal. All right, let's move on. Um, the NFL, we'll start there and just kind of work through. We'll touch on it very quickly. Uh, I don't want to get too much in depth, but there are serious contenders, and then there are literally the rest of the field. I think right now the Chiefs have shown that Patrick Mahomes is still that dude. Uh, whether you want to believe it or not, Patrick Mahomes <clears throat> is that dude, and it might be one of the best Chiefs defenses we have seen since Patty has been in the league. Um, and I think they proved that this week, absolutely shafting that Miami Dolphins offense, um, holding them to only 14 points. I think the Bengals are showing that they are going to be true contenders again this year. Joe Burrow is fully healthy. Jamar, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Irv Smith, Joe Mixon, that that offense has so many weapons, and you've got Orlando Brown. Um, it's only a matter of time. It happens every year. Just had to get going. And, and unfortunately, this year, unlike the other years where it just took him a little bit of time to get going, he was really dealing with that calf injury, which we have seen was definitely affecting him more than he was going to let the media know. Um, so you've got them two. I think out of the AFC, the Ravens are going to be true contenders this year. Um, I think Lamar is playing some of his most consistent ball we have seen out of him this out of him this season. He's really limited the turnovers, not as many fumbles as we're used to seeing. And that defense is playing currently like a top five defense in the NFL. And they've got some dogs. The only downfall for the Ravens on the offensive side of the ball is they just don't have very many big name playmakers. Um, OBJ is not the OBJ of old. You do have Mark Andrews, but you know, obviously coming out of the tight end position. Um, and you're you're really lacking 
any depth at the wide receiver position. So I think that might be their downfall. Their schedule does get tough towards the end of the season, though. It's a little bit tougher than the they front They are 7-2 and two currently, though, so they do. They have some margin for error, but they do have to play the <clears> – <throat> they got to play the Browns. They got to play the Bengals again. They got to play the Chargers on the road in prime time. Uh, I'm not really worried about the Rams. They got to play the Jags on the road at prime in prime time. The Niners on the road in prime time. Then they play the Dolphins at home, and then they play the Steelers again. So they got three really brutal matchups on the road. They got to play the Bengals again. They got to play the Dolphins, Steelers, the Steelers, the Browns. Mars only beat the Steelers once. In I think three. they have. I think the Rams are going to be the only game the rest of the season where the Ravens are like, yeah, we can. Kind of just do what we do and just yeah, especially get. the Steelers' last game of the season because that might be have that might have some real playoff implications for both teams. The Steelers Maybe game for the division. The Steelers looking, <laughs> the Steelers looking um, to you know keep their wild card spot or something in that in that game, and you know the Ravens maybe trying to to snag that, that two that one or that two seed at the end. But I, those are my three contenders in the AFC. Um, the Dolphins, after watching them this weekend, they they fell out of it. Tua with a hand in his face, with pressure. When you know when the game really is falling down into his hands, it's not yeah. proven to me yet. Tua looks that, Tua looks really good in a clean pocket, but in a messy you know collapsing pocket, he just he's just not on that same level as some of these other guys. Uh, and the the MVP conversation fell off. Real, real hard. I think Tua is pretty uh, even with Jared Goff. No. He's no. better than Jared Goff. You think? Yeah. They have the same problem. As soon as you get a hand in their face in the pocket, they turn into yeah, I don't, pumpkin. If, I trust if, Tua more than I trust Jared Goff. Really? Why? What has he yeah. done? Why? What has Tua done? Uh, what is? Where's Jared Goff been? Jared Goff's been in a Super Bowl. That was a long time ago. I think, I mean, 20... 20- 18 is not that long ago. It's five years ago with a different team. I don't know. I, I, I think I have a little bias because I just like Tua. So I, I think, Yeah, I mean, I just I think Tua he is, hasn't proven anything. He's more talented than he is. But ta- you know? see, but the talent does not always but when, transpire. Right, like Trent Richardson was uber talented coming out of Alabama. Different positions, though. There's, it doesn't matter. Johnny Manziel, when you, when you Johnny, Manziel and Johnny Manziel was talented. Jameis Winston was uber talented. Hey, like Jameis is still good. Great quarterbacks, <laughs> great quarterbacks. When the plays break down, they fall back on their talent, and the people with the most talent tend to succeed. So why that is Tua not succeeding? He's succeeding more than Jared Goff when he gets in trouble. He hasn't beat a 500 team. Yeah, they haven't beat a team with a winning record yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Tua is better. I don't. I don't think you. I don't. Think I just don't think there's an argument for if it. You put them I don't both, think you'll catch many people who if are. If you put them both behind the Dallas Cowboys O line, I think two would be better. Yeah, which is, means he is better. That's if you put them both in the same situation, one is better than the he other. He currently is not playing better, in my opinion. Agreed. Against good teams, he has not played better than Jared Goff, and he's got more talent. But I still but would the, put them in the same tier. The same tier, yeah, maybe, but like. But I, I, don't I don't think you'll catch many people who watch football and talk about football for a living saying Jared Goff is better than Tua Tagovailoa. But I, uh, the disparity there is very close. It's not a wide gap. If they both have the same problem, but one has beaten good teams this year, I would say that the guy with more talent that cannot beat a winning team would by like, definition be worse. I'd put two at like an 89 or a 90 and golf at like an 84 and 85 if I were to do my own personal rankings. I think 84 is kind of a little low to make Tua look a little better, but that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything out of Tua this year that has like really? surprised me or jumped out at me. Really? No. Because I can't, I'm not going to go look at a Denver game and be like, oh my God, Tua, you know, uh, they put up 70. And then you go and watch them play the Bills and they put up. Was it 17? 20. 20 in a, in a blowout? They played the Chiefs, put up 14? That's true. What uh, is, just purely out of curiosity for Devil's Advocate side, I, wanna, I do want to see what Goff. Goff has done against good teams. So against the Raiders, 272, a touchdown and an interception. Okay. Against the Ravens. Yeah, that was a terrible game. Yep. 284, one interception. Big loss against the Bucks under 500, 353, two touchdowns. Good game under 500 against the. I don't, we are not even going to look at the Panthers apparently. So not the Panthers. No, I don't give a shit about the Panthers. <laughs> against the against the Packers, 210, a touchdown and a pick. 
against the Falcons. We got shit on in that 243, game. a touchdown and a pick. Against the Seahawks in a loss. 323, three touchdowns and a pick. Against the Chiefs. 250 and a touchdown. It's like if you go look and I read all those same numbers about Tua, Tua sounds better. Like yeah, he sounds better, but there's not like a the talent gap. Sure, but you're, but saying, the, you're saying that he doesn't play well. Tua doesn't play well against good teams. Neither does Jared Goff. Yeah, that's what exact. That's exactly my point. They're pretty much the same player. Tua is just a little bit more talented with two better receivers. I don't understand your argument. My argument is that Tua is better than Jared Goff by more than a little bit. It's yeah, my like, argument is that. He's not. There's nothing to prove that. Then what proves that Jared Goff is not close to him? I didn't say he was better. No, what proves that he's close to him? What has Jared Goff done to show you that he's close to him? Or Played pretty much the same season other than like one big 400-yard passing game against a pitiful Chargers defense in week one. Are you talking about Tua? You're talking about Broncos? No, I'm talking about Tua. talking about Tua. Chargers. Against, against the Chargers. No, no, no. no, no. Like 400. 400. Or something like that, week one. Did they not? They beat the Chargers week one. You're right. Yeah, he, put up, have, he, he put up for, He threw for 460 and three touchdowns. That's against, what I was saying. That's yeah. exactly, that was exactly what I said. I know, I know. Against the Patriots, 250, a touchdown and a pick. I'm just seeing how close the numbers are, actually. Against the Broncos, 309, four touchdowns. That's the same as the Panthers game to me. I don't count that. I think the Broncos are a little bit better than the Panthers, but. Slightly. Against the Bills. 282, a touchdown and a pick. That's, yeah. Against the Giants, 308, two touchdowns. Against the, are we not counting any Panthers games? Because that was 262 and three touchdowns. Against the Eagles, did not play well. 216 and touchdown and a pick. Against the Patriots, (laughs) 234, three touchdowns and a pick. And against the Chiefs this past weekend, 193 and a touchdown. I don't know. So I just heard Jared Goff numbers. Against good teams, he played bad. And against bad teams, he played well. Season stats to his 2609, 19 touchdowns, 7 picks. So, somebody remember that. And it's then 9 and 7, I think. I don't remember the yards. It's like two, 9 and 17. 2700, 19, 7. And then Jared Goff is 2100, 12 and 5. 700, 600 less yards. Five less touchdowns, two less picks. So not a large gap. No, considering that the Lions run the ball. The Lions also games. run the ball a lot more than the Dolphins do. Really? The Dolphins have two rushing touchdowns leaders and a rusher who's in the top five. Dude, against they ran the ball thirty times against the or twenty eight times is how many times Jameer Gibbs ran the ball against the Raiders? Yeah, but David Montgomery had a three touchdown game this season. I don't think like that's fair to say because Raheem Mostert had four twice or like four. A-chain he had four, had four against twice. the Broncos, dude. Achan had four. Also against the Broncos. I think the I think they played an extra game though. Who? Because the, the Dolphins the, haven't been on their bye week yet. Yeah, the Lions have also already had their bye week. Exactly. Their bye week. Yeah. Okay. So three hundred. So if we if we take one game, he is not on average three hundred yards a game. He's Jared Goff is averaging two fifteen a game right now. All right, dude. Whatever. I'm not going to argue with you because you're a two a meat rider, and it's not a large gap. Let's say like I it's not a large. Neither one of them have played great against good teams, and that is my measure. I don't give a shit what Tua can do against the Broncos. He can't beat a damn good team. He can't. That's why they're not a Super Bowl contender. Hypothetically, if the Lions didn't have a bye this week and played the Broncos, do you think the numbers would be somewhat more close? You, do I think they'd put 70 up against the Broncos? No, no do you think Jared Goff and Tua's numbers? If they played the Broncos instead of having a bye. What did, what did Tua have against? He had, he had five, Tua had five touchdowns on Golf. I don't understand he had thrown two more picks. I, I don't like that we're discounting a good game. I think that's stupid. What do you mean? Like, right. we're just saying the Broncos game. You're like, oh, it's against the Broncos. It doesn't matter. No, that's they, why I said if they I know, I know what you're saying, but you, he... They put up seventy points. That okay, game well, did when, not when we were talking about the Lions and the Panthers, you were like, "I'm not even going to look at that game." Because they both played the count. same team. Okay, dude. Whatever. I don't know if Goff would throw for four TDs against the Broncos because no, he would throw. Not. Let's say he throws two. Now we're talking. Tua has three touchdowns on him with two more picks Wait. and probably like three hundred more yards. 
What good teams have the Lions beat besides the Chiefs by one in week one? Week one of the NFL season, they beat the Chiefs. What other team have they beat that's good? They haven't. Exactly. But neither is Tua. But Tua has looked better in those games. Okay, dude. All right. By 600 yards, five TDs, and two and two more picks with one more game played. Like, I, you're trying to make it sound like we're talking about Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. We're talking about Tua and Jared Goff, and the disparity is not is not it's not far. Tua also has the more talented offense. We were all sitting up here talking about Tyreek like he was going to be the first non-QB MVP two weeks ago. Jalen Waddell could be a number one receiver on a decent amount of teams in the NFL. You just said Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain. Raheem is in the top five rushing yards and rushing TDs. A-Chain was balling before he got hurt. Their tight ends are pretty good. The name, offensive name one of their tight ends. Offensive line, dude. I don't give a shit. Their offensive <laughs> line, but do, you're fucking acting like they don't have a good team. They have the better offensive roster, and he's only putting up minuscule numbers over Jared Goff. And you're trying to act like we're talking about like Drew Brees in his prime and fucking Josh Dobbs. It's not. It is not far. I get that you would like to get on your knees for Tua, but it's not a big gap. And that's why he leads the league in passing yards and cannot beat a team over 500. I don't like that's awesome. He put up good numbers in week one and then he fucking put up some good numbers in a the biggest blowout we have ever seen in our entire lives in the NFL against the Broncos. I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily talking about the wins, I was talking about the against good defenses. It seems like they're about they have the same ability, production, and, yeah. Against good, against good teams, if the, you put two on the Lions or golf on the Dolphins this year, they back to the both have lost to good teams. Brock Purdy argument is, is it the system or is it the player? The system is fantastic. Dolphins system is built for Tua. It is fantastic. It helps his yards for I think, sure. I think McDaniel should – I think sometimes when they play these good teams, he tries to do too much. Probably. He tries to run too many, like – Exotic plays and like double handoffs, the jet and like sweeps. If he and just the, if he just tries to move the ball down the field instead of trying to go so lateral and so tricky and goofy, because what it ends up doing is against good defenses who don't fall for it, he creates negative plays trying to do too much that now you have to work against to get back. I think if he that's ran, what I, that's all I saw really against the Chiefs. I think he ran if he ran a more Shanahan style offense against some of these better teams that he would like if he ran a Shanahan style offense against the Chiefs he would have won on Sunday. Who, the Dolphins? Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it probably would have helped to have CMC too. Yeah, but Mostert's not a slouch either. Yeah, but I mean, Mostert's production is boosted because it's of like the system CMC's like running. the Mahomes of running backs right now, I think. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, but there's only one of those, so you can't – like, it's tough to say if – because you could say that about a lot of teams if you gave them Yeah, but that's part, of the, that's part of the Shanahan scheme is what I'm saying because Mike McDaniels might not necessarily be able to do that. He's got to fit it to his players. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to – you're not going to give Mostert 20 carries a game. I think he had – I think he had about 15 on Sunday, though. But we, did, we went down the rabbit hole again. We were talking about contenders. There are three – Contenders, in my opinion, in the AFC. The Bengals, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. In the NFC. one in the NFC? The Eagles. Currently, it just looks like the Eagles to me. The, the, Niners, the Niners can be a contender. They're just on a three-game losing streak. but They got to get back on track. They got to they gotta have a GBOT game. I don't know. I think the Niners would probably get healthy like right at the right time for the playoffs. Like completely healthy. I don't think, I don't think the Cowboys are contenders. No. They cannot win. I think they could in be in the big moments. I just it's tough for them. I think they could be contenders in a different division. No, they get paid back. They get to play they get to play the asses. Giants in the and the Commanders twice. twice. It's not like they're like yeah. facing some crazy Yeah, schedule. but if if they were in the NFC South, I mean, you could say that about a large majority of teams. If the Steelers the, were in the NFC South, we'd be <laughs> fucking 12 wins. They did look good. They did look good against the Eagles last night though. They had an opportunity to win. That's the problem, though, that when they are given those opportunities, they squander them. Hey, Dak was this close. His foot was that close. So close. 
how it always goes. I don't think they're a contender, but they're a. They're I think solid. the true NFC contender right now is the Eagles. The Eagles. And outside of that, 49ers, 49ers have a chance. I mean, you know, Cowboys can make a push with the talent they have. The Lions get hot. They can make a push. I don't see the Lions. I don't see any world where the Lions beat the Eagles to win the NFC. No, but I think the, the Eagles play the Niners or the Eagles. That'll be their exit. You talking about the Lions? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But it might not come to the championship game depending on how the how it all falls. I think the Lions could lose to a lot of teams. Yeah, I think, think they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I think they beat the Cowboys too. I think if in the Cowboys, I think in a playoff in a playoff situation, I don't think they do actually. Really, they, they have so much less experience. Cowboys have the Cowboys have vets all over that team. I mean, if you super quote, talented players, quote Thanos, if you consider failure experience, because that's all the Cowboys have. Golf, <laughs> yeah, they golf don't. Has been they don't have any winning Bowl. experience. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's been there. Dan Campbell's is not. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers so took Mike, Mike McCarthy Tomlin. there. Mike Tomlin's been there. The only reason Aaron Rodgers didn't <laughs> yeah. make a the only reason Rodgers didn't make Kyle Shanahan has was been multiple times and he continues to lose. <laughs> I think if it was, experience. I think if it was at Ford Field, I think the Lions could would win. Well, yeah, they'll win the division, so they'll be one of the top four. Unless you think the Vikings are going to come back. No, Josh Dobbs. I think a lot of teams can beat the Lions in the playoffs. I think we're. I don't know if it's just a conversation we just had. Not a lot of teams. Lions are a little overrated right now because of their record. Not a lot of. I don't think a lot of teams in the NFC could beat the Lions. I think if they were in the AFC. I think on in a playoff game, I would give the win to the Eagles and the Niners. Well, mm-hmm. for sure. But and those give, are our only true contenders. And I'd give, like, it, does a 50-50 count as a potential win? Like, if it's 50-50, like I think you they could would win pick the game. them in the pick them. I would consider picking. The Cowboys. I probably would pick the Cowboys over the Lions in the playoffs. At Ford Field, wild card round for sure. No, I'm not taking the. I'm not taking the I Cowboys. Think but. I would have said the Vikings, but not without. That's Kirk. laughable though. Like not that's, without Kirk, that'll be a divisional matchup. Huh? We'll play him twice at the end of the year. Maybe Kirk has some superhuman recovery. It's bad. It's on the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. That ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think know. they would beat. They would beat the Seahawks. I know the Seahawks beat them earlier in the year, but I think come playoff time. Yeah, the Lions would win that game. Yeah, because you want to talk about. I still think no that's experience. close. I still think that's like a 40-60, like sixty percent Lions, forty percent Seahawks. They would beat whoever wins the NFC South. Anybody beat them? Or if they wins. win a wild card, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally the NFC South, you're punching a ticket to a first round exit this year as nah, the division I mean, winner. If the Saints can get their shit together, they have. I feel like the Saints have a. If they can get hot and get everything, melted the Saints together, aren't beating the Cowboys. The Saints aren't beating the Niners. They're not beating the Eagles. I don't think the be, Saints. They just have to beat one of the wild card teams. I don't think the Saints are beating the Lions, dude. I Let's think see who they are right now. They just gotta hope that like. The I Cap- think the Vikings would end up with like some miracle win against the Saints again. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints always seem to get screwed though. But Which is why with Derek Carr of all people, I don't, I don't trust them getting a good break from the football gods. Yeah, there's just not a lot of. It's just um, there's not a lot of. Dominant teams this year. Dominant groups in the NFL this year. There's been a lot of teams struggle in games that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Same thing with the NBA so far. I, I mean, Celtics I haven't been. And Nuggets are the only two teams that. Look I haven't good. heard anything notable really coming out of the NBA so far. Out of the first couple weeks. Celtics are um, The Pelicans are hot. The Pelicans have played well to start the season. How about them Grizzlies? <laughs> <laughs> Have they won a game yet? They did win their first six. game. Cross, yes. Yeah, they're 0-6. They, they won their first game, I believe. Oh, did they? What is... T- Today's I, Monday. I thought they still lost. Yeah, I don't know why it also... It put me, like, way back. It keeps putting me back in... Yeah, yeah it's, is it putting you, like, October yes, to the 15th? it's so annoying. Let's see. They beat the Trailblazers last night to get their oh, first win. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. W. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain had 30. Bismack Biombo had 11 boards. Bruh. Fuck. I didn't even know he was still rostered. That team is just so, like, it's just with not no t- jaw, no Steven Adams, they're really they're, struggling because Jaron Jackson is not a true five. And Xavier Tillman is out. He's got he's got a bit of a knee problem right now, so hey, he's not playing. Jaron Jackson had 27 points. So their team is Desmond Yeah, Bain. but I'm just saying, like, he would fare better at the four he's in the playing, NBA than he would at the five. He's playing power forward. 
Who's playing their center right Bismack, now? Biombo. Oh, really? He's got 26 minutes last night. He's their starting center right now? Eight points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Uh, Bain, Bain has been playing... Five personal fouls. Bain's been playing well. <laughs> Triple J and Desmond Bain have been playing well. Well, Triple I, J is going to do his thing. Like, I, I, like, I think he's good. I like Marcus Smart, but I like Marcus Smart on a more offensive-minded team like the Celtics were because he is a defensive-minded point guard, so you don't need him to score very many points. But if he's averaging... Yeah. He, right now he's averaging four, he's averaging fourteen points right now. Also took nine on a team like the Grizzlies, you need a point guard like, uh, like not necessarily. When you get Jaw back, you don't necessarily need a twenty-two a night. Marcus Smart will be coming guy. off the bench by the time. You think yeah, so? He'll be, yeah, he'll be a good bench. Yeah, because they'll have John Morant, Desmond Bain. Then you have um, Zaire. They won't slide him to the three. So then you have Zaire Williams, Jaron Jackson, and then is Mac Biyombo or Stephen Adams if he ever comes back. I don't know if Steven Adams. It sounds like he's, he's having some season. real problems with his knee. I mean, it's pretty clear the Grizzlies are they're really missing Dylan Brooks right now. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think he balled out, though, last he night. He did. He did. No, I don't know about last night, but the other night. Or, he put yeah, it was, maybe it was Saturday night. Yeah, he played really well. Saturday night in the win against the Kings. He dropped like 30. Brooks had 26, and he had 12 in the fourth quarter. He is what currently are the Rockets. What right are the Rockets sitting at right now? Two and three. Right now in the standings, the Celtics are five and zero. Sixers are four and one. The Hawks are four and two, led by none other than Dejounte Murray. Cause yeah, Trae man, Young I, I'm ready. Balls. I, I, let me touch on that real quick. I'm, I think it's time to move Trey. What? You need a leader, bro. You don't have one currently, and Trey has been so inefficient, dude. What's he shooting right now? What's his field goal percentage? He's shooting 34.6%, which is tied for 141st in the NBA. Can't have that, dude. I don't care if he's averaging 37 on 34% shooting. He does you have the second most assists per game in the NBA at 10.3. He's a great assister, and he's uh, the pick and roll with him and Clint Capella has been our bread and butter. He looks since so Clint high got there. In, his, in his media day picture. Dude, what the hell? I don't look like weed high. That looks like crack looks, high. DeJounte looks good, though. DeJounte's balling, but that's what I'm saying. So I think why can't he be the leader? Why can he, you not let Trey take a backseat? Because I don't think that's, that's not the type of player that Trey is, and it's. I think it's not going to be. Also, Trey is still taking like 15, 16 shots per game. In their most recent win against the Pelicans, he shot 7 of 15. But he's, that, he's that was his second best. in the league in assists, too. Yeah, the assist is great, but he's hurting us. When you're shooting 34% from the field and you're continuing to shoot 15, 16, 17 times a game. DeJounte is averaging about the same amount of points. He has five rebounds a game, 6.2 assists, yeah, which is 51% shooting. I'm looking at, I'm trying to, so his plus minus, I can't see it on total, but he was plus 18 this past week. Trey? Yeah. If you, I just if think, you, if I, you as a Hawks fan want to see Trey gone, who would you like you to want? see replace that role? Who would you like to see as the Hawks? Point see, guard? I would be fine with like a Marcus Smart as our starting point. <sighs> we need I, hold on, wait a wait a second. You're let me finish. We've got a scorer in Dejounte. Uh, I don't think he's a consistent scorer. I think he could be. I think he definitely could be, and he's shown a lot of promise since he got to Atlanta. Clint is great in the pick and roll. We need more defense right now, and if you could move Trey. For a solid three or a solid four, I think the point guard on our team could take a little bit of a back seat. I'm not. I I've loved Trey since he got to Atlanta, but it seems like year after year he has kind of regressed instead of progressed. And unless he can turn those shooting numbers around, man, you can't. Have, you you cannot win in this league with with your starting point guard shooting below forty percent from the field. And still taking fifteen plus shots a game. I think if Marcus Smart wouldn't be terrible, but I think in terms of a trade, it is a bad trade yeah. for the Hawks. No, but I, that, that that's not what I meant. I didn't mean like go trade Trey for oh, Marcus sh- Smart and draft pick. I'm saying so. You'd rather you'd rather I would move if if we if the Hawks were going to move Trey, I could see him being moved for a very solid four, three or four. That would make I think four would be the position of the most need. Yeah, right. Just, then you've got DeJounte, you've got DeAndre Hunter, who has definitely shown some promise this season so far, and you've got Clint. With a solid four, your point guard could take a little bit of a backseat in the scoring. If we could find somebody to average like 18 a game on a good percentage shooting, 
and good defense, I think our team is better with a very solid four. You would play much better defense and get somebody who can score from that four spot too. Is there somebody in particular you'd like to see at that four spot as well? I would love to see Pascal. Pascal's not like a crazy great defender though. He's not a crazy great defender, you, but he isn't. What would you think a, about? What do you think about a trade of Trey Young and like? I don't know what you'd have to give up besides Trey Young. It might just be Trey Young, and then you get something else. I just don't know how much they value. But Trey Young for like Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton. You get your defensive monster down low to go alongside Clint Capella, and then you get a scorer in Cam Thomas. In Cam Thomas, I don't hate it. He's always been a scorer. He was dropping numbers at LSU. Um, I don't hate it. I don't know if you have to if you if they want like a second or a first or if you get a first. I just don't know how much Trey Young is valued at right now. That's and that's another thing why I can't really throw out a lot of trades out there. And he's not a, a point, great a point guard who has always struggled with field goal percentage and taking a lot of high-risk shots, I don't know how much that is valued. Um, he is clutch. I will give him that. He's been clutch since he got here. Um, so Cam Thomas currently averaging 26 points a game, four rebounds, two assists on 47.5% shooting. No, I mean, I don't think that continues the entire season. It won't. I think he finishes the season somewhere around that 18-19 range that I was talking about. But he's on about 44-45% shooting. He plays but he plays mostly as a shooting Nick guard. Nick Claxton is a defensive like Jack said, he's a defensive monster. And honestly, he would probably How many points does Bogey average? Or like who's the four? He's not even Who's the four? Bogey Jaylen, is Jaylen a Jaylen shooting guard if he plays. He comes off the he comes off the bench. Might be Jalen Johnson. No, our four currently is Onyeka Okongwu. Oh, right. would you rather have Okongwu or Nick Claxton? Claxton. 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 Okongwu is good on defense, but he doesn't provide a lot of scoring. It just it also has never seemed like Trey has been able to take that extra step into becoming like a locker room leader and He's, like that he has not been. That's one of been my one of my issues since he got there. Like you were, he has never been able to really. We're going to this game. Oh really? Fox Lakers. He's, he's never really been able to, like, rally the team around him and be, like, the guy. No, and that's kind of one of my issues right now is I think we we need that. What would you think about a trade for – let me see if I, how I can piece this together. Trading for Roy Hachimura and, like, D'Lo. I think we're worse. Really? really? But LeBron's better. You get you get. I D-Lo. think Hachimura has been you get playing. Your scorer and you get your defender. Rui I think Hachimura is a great defender. I think Roy, is it Rui? Rui Rui Hachimura. Hachimura. So I think Rui has played better with LeBron than he ever did anywhere else. I don't know if like his production that he has had with the Lakers and Braun would be the same on the Hawks. And D'Lo, kind to me would be like. He's done nothing but got worse since playing with LeBron. Hachimura? Statistically. He, he went, also... He, he also 13, thir- 13, 14, 11, 13, 9, 8. He was also an everyday starter in Washington. He is not an everyday starter in L.A. Well, he only started 48 games, 57 games, 13 games, and then zero games for the Wizards. But he does not start for okay. the Lakers. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want a bench guy. And then D'Lo, who is, would be like a... An off-brand tray. Yeah, but you're getting not as good of a Delo's not as good as a, he is not as good of a scorer, and I don't think he's going to give you as many assists as Trey is. The problem is you have to find somebody if you're going to trade Trey who either who who's winning like their winning timetables in the next three years. Like somebody who's like a Thunder kind of team is not going to trade for Trey Young. He's out of their time frame, and like. Somebody like the Warriors isn't going to trade for Trey because he's out of their time frame. He's a little too early for Well, them. they're also not – yeah, I mean, you got Steph so Curry. You, 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 got, need, you need to trade to somebody like – Like the Lakers who are in win now or like the Nets who believe they could win in the next three years. Or like the – about uh, the Sixers? The Sixers would probably take him. Yeah, but who would you trade? Like Maxie? No, no, definitely. They would not touch Maxie. I think Maxie's like I thought they untouchable. Were, they were trying to get rid of Maxie in the offseason. Uh-uh. I thought I heard a rumor about no, that. They're, no, they're holding on to Maxie, and I don't uh, blame it them. It would have to be for, con- contract-wise, it would have to be Tobias Harris would be included. I'm not taking Tobias Harris. Um, they can keep that. No, thank you. I'll yeah, keep there's Trey. there's nothing on this roster. No, I'll you keep Trey. Mamba? That is one of the worst contracts <laughs> that the NBA has ever handed out was to Tobias Harris. It's really, the, like, I mean, maybe you look heat. 
And um, maybe Jimmy comes to Atlanta. Fuck no, they're not <laughs> trading Jimmy. It would have. To, it, I mean, that. Might yeah, be I mean, I'm saying that might be where Hero gets moved. In a perfect world, yes, we could go trade for like a you know a a decent point guard who can facilitate and help run the offense with a better field goal percentage, and you get a four. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think if he finishes the season under 42% field goal percentage and he can't get the team to believe in him as the leader of that team, I think it's time to maybe look elsewhere. You know what I have? This is a little irre- This is a little unrelated, but I have a problem with all Atlanta sports teams. None of them, none of them want to do anything flashy. They don't want to spend money. They don't, they don't want to spend, spend money. money. They don't, and they that's don't, why they don't want to do nothing. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to make any blockbuster trades. They don't want to make any. This is hold splashes. On. Wait a second. You, it's perfect. All my Atlanta fans out there, for one season, one season, and as long as I have been an Atlanta fan for twenty-one years now, as long as I've known them, we've never gotten anything big. The biggest thing the Falcons have ever been able to talk about since I've been alive. Yeah, you can throw Vic in there, but. You know, we got lucky being fucking piss poor that you get Mike Vick. Throw Vick in there. The best thing we ever had was Julio Jones, and that was draft. That was draft, and we honestly got lucky that he fell as far as he did in the draft because there were some absolute bums taking over Julio in that draft. That's the best thing we've ever had to talk about. That was a good draft. Um, I think I remember J.J. Watt talking about it, and there was like there were two guys in there that I was like, no way they got drafted over – Julio and, and TJ was, Watt. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm flipping my draft years, but I thought that was a good year. I think, it is a, I think it is a good year in total, but I think there were like two guys in front of him that were like... I mean, not really. It's Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, who was like not great, but he was okay. And then A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones. So we, Oh, we got him at number six. I'm thinking of... Um, I think we ended up drafting Calvin at like 11. Calvin was 26. Yeah, he was He down. was right after D.J. Moore. Anyways, it's all we've had to talk about. So, we should just quit showing up to games. Quit showing up to games. The Falcons won't fire their coach. I can't believe they're actually starting Heineke now. They won't use our playmakers that we drafted so high. They didn't want to go out and spend any money on a QB. They don't want to trade for a QB, right? Even though this is the best defense we've had in years. And the Hawks... Won't sign nobody big. There's been free agents rumored to come to us for the last decade, and we won't spend any money on them. Don't boycott the Braves. I love my Braves. They spent some money. AA has done a great job. We Not won really. I mean, he, we won a World Series two years ago. You can't be jumping ship now. You're like, I'm, not oh, jumping, we're not I'm not jumping ship. I'm just saying AA doesn't really do anything flashy. It's just in 21, I mean, the, the minimum. We let Freddie Freeman go, and he went and traded for literally the next best first baseman out there. Like we have, And we spent some money. We spent some money on Riley. We spent some money on Olsen. I'm not worried about them. But the, the Falcons and the Hawks, we should make – because the, the problem with the Hawks is they're owned by an investment group. That investment group doesn't give a shit if we're good or not. As long as there's ticket sales and as long as they're making money, they don't care. So quit going to the games. Quit feeding their pockets when they don't care about if the city wins or loses. Also, with the Falcons, I don't know what Arthur Blank is doing. He's got – Stacks on stacks on stacks, and we won't spend no money. We won't <laughs> hey, spend. He tried, or he he tried, and you guys should be glad because you almost became like the five hundred five hundredth Deshaun Watson victim. You almost fucked the <laughs> franchise for like ten years. I mean, I'm really wanted, glad we didn't get Deshaun. He wanted to go get Deshaun. That was they were originally that was, we yeah, were that's why we, were, we were also rumored to get Lamar Jackson when he was when his contract was that's up. That's why Cleveland offered that fully guaranteed deal was because he was going to go to Atlanta, his hometown. And we were set up just slightly better than the Browns, I think. Maybe he would have played better in Atlanta. You never know. Uh, I think he he might have. But But anyways, I'm tired of watching us year after year have a chance, and we won't make any moves to capitalize on it because all these dudes care about is money. That was a big move. Sadiq Bay? I mean, it's a big move in terms of Atlanta. He's become better on the Hawks than what he was on the Spurs. Exactly. So that's a good, but that was still a big, bigger move. Uh, but that's what I, it's a big move for Atlanta. It is not a big move in terms of like so the like NBA KD winning. Going to the Phoenix. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big move in terms of Atlanta. It was to try and get the, the, 
the Hawks fans to like settle down and go, look, we finally did something. It wasn't a big move in terms of everything, but that's just me being a little irritated that we can't have shit here in Atlanta. The Vikings can't have shit in terms of healthy players. LSU can't have shit in terms of ever. Notre Dame. I guess we're all just complaining now. But uh, The Steelers. <laughs> all right, we kind of went off on a tangent there, so I think uh, unless anybody else has anything important to add, I think that about does it for us. Fire Matt Canada. What a Josh Jobs MVP. Fire Matt House. I need Josh Jobs MVP odds now. Uh, I'm gonna need the. I'm gonna need Atlanta to step it up, honestly, in the in the sports world. And if Arthur Smith loses this weekend, Arthur Blank, it's time to cut that umbilical cord and, and let him go. Go dogs. Go dogs. Can't even say it this week. All go right. Tigers. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always. We're out every. Thursday morning around 930. Uh, Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. You know, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And uh, check us out on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, all that great jazz. We appreciate you guys. We will see you next week. Peace.